question for this week's show, the question, the ultimate question, the real mystery, the mystery of this program uh, amidst all the other mysterious mysteries is which book am I going to start out with because it doesn't really matter. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I'm your host, Phil Gonzalez, and this week, wow, today was really the first day of what I like to call the holiday season. Not the holiday you're probably thinking of, but the real holiday, the ultimate holiday, the big holiday known as Halloween. It's Halloween season, everyone, and how do I know it's Halloween season? Because for the first time, we had a completely completely overcast day. It didn't get much past 60 degrees. It was windy. It was drizzling. And if you listened to the air just right, you could hear on the wind the hoo-hoo-hooing of Halloween owls, the eek-eek-eeking of Halloween bats, and the oo-oo-booing of Halloween ghosts. That's right. It is the spooky season. And to get into the mood of spooky nests, We're going to dive into some books that aren't necessarily spooky, but are definitely, well, they're not even eerie. They're not even creepy. They're just mysterious. That's right. It's mysteries. We're back with the Cubs solving mysteries with a couple of step into reading books. That's right. We're looking at the step into reading books, which they don't have a, they don't have a catchphrase, but these are from 2001. They came at the tail as the okay. So, do you remember the do you remember the chapter books we covered a while back, which I haven't finished yet, and I swear to goodness I will get to them at some point. Remember the remember the chapter books. Remember within those chapter books there were Bear Scout chapter books that kind of had their own continuity, where the Bear Scouts were solving solving weird, very hyper specific to Bear Country mysteries that usually involved weasels and or war. Well, remember how <laughs> there was also an offshoot of those books that were Bear Scout mysteries that were a little more simply written. I covered them about a year ago. My, well, teenager still, although they're in college now. Ollie joined me on that episode, and it was uh, the Scouts, and they were looking for Naughty Ned in one book. Uh, and they were very strange Scouts books, not in the same continuity as the Bear Scouts chapter books, but in a different continuity also than any other Bear Scouts books because they were merit badge mysteries. Do you remember those at all? It was just one episode. The, the, the main standout from those books was that there was a talking owl who, I won't even say helped them solve their mysteries, who solved their mysteries for them and gave them the answers right off the bat. It was a weird offshoot. And everyone, I love Berenstain Bear continuity. You know that. And I love these bizarre side trips the Berenstains took down Berenstain Bear's continuity as they reconfigured, rejiggered, uh, tried to make certain elements of their books work in different situations as they desperately attempted to make the Bear Scouts a thing that people were interested in. Well, now we have the Step Into Reading books, which feature the Bear Detectives filling in for the Bear Scouts. And it's they're basically the Bear Scouts adventures, but they're not trying to get merit badges. And there's a lot of elements that are the same. But the weirdest thing about these books, the weirdest, and not all the, okay. So not all the Step Into Reading books are Bear 
detective mysteries. Some of them are very simple books. I believe I've covered a couple of them already. Uh, but these are these are so they come in different levels, like the level one, level two, level three. These are level two, I believe, and maybe a level three, the ones I'm covering today. But what makes these books really set apart, beyond the fact that they're in a completely new continuity, beyond the fact that they are doing what the Bear Scouts books tried to do, but now they're the Bear Detectives, again, as I always said, they should have been, even though they are Bear Detective books, but they're not wearing their caps. They're not wearing their deer stalker hats. They're wearing Bear Detective-specific ball caps, even though uh, they see, we see the return of the mysterious owl, Dr. Wise, old owl, even though all of this even though all of it, I can't remember what point I was trying to make. I can't remember what I was trying to say. I totally lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Oh, oh, oh. There is one specific thing that makes these books stand out. And that is, unlike all the other books, these stories, and this is completely weird and special to the Berenstain Bears universe, these stories... And I've never seen this happen before. These stories are told in first person. That's right. We have Berenstain Bears books narrated by one of the characters. In this case, Brother Bear. Also, the Bear Detectives are now an official agency. They have their own uh, office. They have their own desks. They have their own name placards. And Dr. Wise Old Owl has his own, like, perch. He has a perch there. Also, their telephone is an old-timey phone, which is hilarious. But it's still brother, still Freddy, still Lizzie, still sister. And they're hanging out. But it, it starts off with uh, – so, oh, well, by the way, uh, we're covering two books. The first book from the year 2000 is a step three book, and it is The Escape of the Bog Brothers. Now, you may remember the Bog Brothers from the, from the drug-free zone. That's right. The Bog Brothers, who in the past – have been the drug dealers of bear country are back. And we know from them from other adventures, the Bog Brothers are the real villains of bear country. Uh, beyond the petty criminals of Big Bear City, beyond Raffish Ralph Ripoff, the Bog Brothers are bad guys. They're not only villainous, they're dangerous. Uh, the Bog Brothers have weapons. The Bog Brothers do nasty deeds. The Bog Brothers will not stop at hurting a bear uh, so this is a step three book. Now, the other book is step two, which is weird. So they, they operate at slightly different vocabulary levels. Uh, same characters, same basic premise. Uh, but it starts off with, I'm Brother Bear, which is, I mean, that's great. Like, he introduces himself right off. I'm this is the most forthright we will ever see brother in the entire history of the Berenstain Bears. Uh, one day, my partners and I were relaxing in our office in the big hollow tree. So their office is in a tree now. It's not in the chicken coop. These are not the scouts. These are the bear detectives. My partners are Sister Bear, Cousin Fred, and Lizzie Bruin. We're the bear detectives. We share the hollow old tree with our friend, Dr. Wise Old Owl, who sometimes helps us with tough cases. So we have a nice setup here. We know why Dr. Wise Old Owl is helping them. It's because they're in his house. Uh, they moved into his house. They set up, set up shop right there with Dr. Wise Old Owl. And I guess he's like, I got it. I got to do something. So sister's uh, listening to music. She's playing cards. Cousin Fred's sweeping out the place. Lizzie Bruin's watching a spider spin a web. It's kind of a, kind of a do-nothing day. When suddenly, when suddenly, the radio announces that the Bog Brothers have escaped from jail. And it says the Bog Brothers are Bear Country's most dangerous criminals. Now, brother leaps into action because he knows that the Bog Brothers are not 
law-abiding citizens. They are glove-carrying, tobacco-chewing villains. They live in the Forbidden Bog. They're named after a bog. They are the Bog Brothers, and they do terrible things. It says not only do they rob and cheat, they also make rude remarks and cross against the light. They are jaywalkers, and they do everything together. In Tana, we see them doing the shell game to some sort of rube. I guess it's a looks like Farmer Ben. That's usually a Ralph ripoff kind of thing. I don't know. The Bog Brothers must have muscled in on his territory. We see them making fun of a woman. We see them crossing the street against the light. They lie. They cheat. They steal. They rob. They get jailed. And they escape. So the bear detectives decide to go find the Bog Brothers. Again, incredibly dangerous criminals. Again, nobody asked them to do it. So they head to the bank. Because that's where they think the Bog Brothers are going to show up. But when they get there, there's already a ton of security around Bear Country Bank. Uh, it's not Officer Marguerite, but it looks kind of like Officer Marguerite. And uh, we get a nice shot of the Bear Country Bank. Uh, we see that the Bear Country Bank is supported by two pillars, uh, kind of like a, uh, I don't know anything about architecture, but kind of like Doric columns. But these are clearly tree trunks. Uh, but it's it's an architectural, like, like little bit of filigree. Like, these are not like, I don't believe these are actual tree trunks holding up this part of the, it's just neat. It's neat. It's a neat attention to detail. Uh, so they're not at the at the bank because the bank is being heavily guarded. So they decide to head to Bear Country Mall. But that, too, is cordoned off by the police. Uh, keep in mind, they're trying to find places that have valuables. And this entire time, they're being followed by Dr. Wise Old Bear. So they think and they think, where else in Bear Country, besides the mall, besides the bank, will we find truly valuable items? Where else besides the Bearsonian Museum? And... My friends, we haven't seen the Bearsonian Museum in quite a while, and we get a wonderful distance shot of it. We get to see its windsock, its observatory, and also two, like, uh, like tower, like castle towers. It's a, it's an architectural nightmare, but it's quite a treat for the eyes. And then we get a wonderful cross section of the museum, uh, the Bearsonian Institution, which apparently can't afford a real sign, has a makeshift sign outside it, but. We see some sort of fine art hall. We see a hall with dinosaur skeletons. We see the observatory. Uh, it's great, it was, but but it's full of valuables. So they go in to find actual factual who's fast asleep, and they're like, wake up. We think the Bog Brothers may have come to rob the museum. And then they notice, like this is disgusting, by the way, a trail of tobacco juice leading to the museum door. Now there is... From actual factuals, hammock, all the way to the door. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 spots of tobacco, which means that the Bond brothers were not casually spitting tobacco as they went. They were dripping with tobacco juice. Like, they were oozing tobacco juice. I don't know if you've ever encountered tobacco juice. It's gag-inducing. It's revolting. It's disgusting. There's a reason they invented an entire container for tobacco juice that keeps it hidden. Uh, it's revolting. So they go into the Hall of Jewels, which, oh my goodness, there's a whole lot of jewels in this museum, actual factual, and not a single one is labeled. It's just walls of jewels, and there's no, like, there's no indication of what these are. They don't seem to be put in any rhyme or reason by, like, make or cut or color or anything. Just a ton of jewels, no explanations. Friends out in Bear Country who might be listening to this who deal with museums, that's unusual, right? Like a museum with no explanation of what you're seeing. Uh, the only thing it has a label is uh, Lord Grizzly's diamond stick pin, which is missing. Oh, no. It's actually, I mean, apparently there's no like alarm system or even employees. People can just come and go as they please in the Bear Country Museum while actual factual, who's the only person who works there, sleeps during the day. 
so they head off to the Hall of Coins because that's where the disgusting tobacco juice leads them. And they find out that the first minted coin in Bear Country is missing. It's priceless and it's missing. So they follow the tobacco juice and lo and behold, the leg is missing. Leg bone is missing from the dinosaur skeleton, which is a nice throwback to the Berenstain Bears in the missing dinosaur bone. It's like the exact same bone and it's missing. The drawing is kind of the same drawing. I find that kind of cool. They follow the tobacco juice into the Hall of Wax, which contains wax statues of all the famous bears in history. There are Queen Elizabeth, Black Bear the Pirate, Attila the Bruin, and many, many others. We do see a few. Uh, we do see a few other bears that aren't labeled. Uh, one is a cowboy. One of my friends online said perhaps it's Billy the Cub, or Barry the Kid. Uh, there's some sort of king. Uh, we see. Uh, 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 oh, I see. Wild Bear Hickok is the name of one of the cowboys, but not necessarily. Maybe it's the same cowboy. Wild Bear Hickok. We'll say that's Wild Bear Hickok. There's a king though, and later on we see that there's actually like William Shakespeare. Uh, some sort of Abraham Lincoln. Um, but they're trying to find the Bog Brothers. Let's not get lost here. Trying to find the Bog Brothers when Hoots the Owl, Dr. Wise Old Owl, uh, flies down and sits atop Queen Elizabeth's crown, and he says, Now, if you remember from the Merit Badge Mysteries, Dr. Wise Old Owl doesn't give the Cubs clues to the mysteries. He just gives them the answers to the mysteries. And so he flies down and he says, and I quote, Is there anything missing, I heard you ask? But finding what's missing is not quite the task. Your question should be how many more statues are here than there were before. Which basically just saying count the stat. The Bog Brothers are hiding. Okay. The Bog Brothers are hiding in the Wax Museum. And they're not even like dressed up as anything. They're just standing. They're literally just standing still. They look like the Bog Brothers. And... Sister had noticed that the trail of tobacco juice just ended in the middle of the floor. So that leads to the most disgusting revelation of the book, which is so the, the police arrive. They storm the Hall of Wax and they they pull out their guns and they arrest the Bog Brothers. But it says the Bog Brothers didn't put up much of a fight because they were sick from swallowing tobacco juice. They couldn't spit it out while they were pretending to be statues, which is the most absolutely disgusting thing i've ever heard that the bog brothers had so much tobacco in their mouths they were drooling it everywhere they went and then still had enough in their mouths to swallow while they stood there and they still have it in their mouths as they're being led away it's the most disgusting thing i've ever seen in bear country the bog brothers are revolting characters anyway the fact that they're swallowing their own tobacco juice just puts it over the top. So they find the hidden items. The dinosaur bone is in a broom closet. Uh, they find the pin. They find the coin. And Bruno's like, how'd you figure this out? And brother's like, good old-fashioned detective work. And I'm like, no. No, a, a bird who isn't a part of Bear Country continuity, except in these weird stories, flew down and told you. Dr. Wise Old Owl. And they all go back. They wait for their next case. Remember, this is all brother narrating this. So... I don't know. I don't know. So that's that's the Berenstain Bears and and uh, the, the find the bog escape of the Bog Brothers. Berenstain Bears escape of the Bog Brothers. Uh, I, I like it. Like I really do like it. <laughs> like I know I found I sound a little skeptical. The mystery is terrible. The mystery is nothing. But the illustrations are great and the characters are great. We get a return of the Bog Brothers. We get Police Chief Bruno. It looks wonderful. I don't know if this one was illustrated by Mike, 
but it kind of looks like Mike. There's a shot of brother uh, when he's saying, not again, those Bog brothers are a nuisance, that it's a brother bear pose and a look on his face that and sister bear's face. They look like Mike illustrations. I'm not going to put money on it, but they read that way. And it's a colorful book. Uh, it's fun. You get a, a nice cross-section of, uh, of the Barrisonian. You get to see the mall again. You get to see the bank. You get to see Actual Factual. A lot of characters who we haven't talked about in quite a while. It's weird that Actual Factual is asleep. It does, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who'd sleep on a job. However, because he is the only employee of the museum, I'm not surprised. He's probably very busy. It's nice to see Police Chief Bruno again. We haven't seen him in quite a while. Uh, we'll be getting to Officer Marguerite in the next book. So a reappearance of some of our favorite characters. Uh, as far as thematically, as far as this, how this fits into Bear Country, uh, the Bog Brothers only show up when you need a really bad villain, when you need someone who's not much of a character, but who's there to sort of like impede progress, to do terrible things, and to have a mystery be solved. You're not supposed to feel much for the Bog Brothers. They have names. They, never, they rarely name them. They're basically like the Beagle Boys from DuckTales, or from the, sorry, from the Uncle Scrooge comics. They're they're there to be foils. Uh, but how does it fit into the overall idea of Bear Country as a welcoming community? Um, well, that's, to me, that's why the Bog Brothers don't get much of a character. Because we're not supposed to think of them as part of the Bear community. Uh, they exist outside the town. They are purely malevolent. They don't have any characteristics beyond their malevolence. And, uh, and so they're not there to to be an example of how to welcome people into a community. They are there so the, the Cubs uh, are able to show off their contributions to the community, which is to take threats seriously, uh, make connections with members of the community, with the, with the police, with actual factual, and, uh, and uh, work towards the greater good, work towards the betterment of their society, uh, proving once again that even as Cubs, they have something to contribute in this case, catching the most feared criminals in all of all of Bear Country. Now, our next book is from the following year, 2001, and it is the Berenstain Bears and the Missing Watermelon Money. So already we are in slightly different stakes. Uh, the previous book was mostly about we got to catch these guys before they do something wrong. And they did something wrong, but that wasn't the impetus. Like, that wasn't the catalyst behind the, the mystery solving. And this one, there is a crime and also the return of an old friend. So we're back. Brother Bear is still narrating. Uh, Brother Bear here, he says. I'm a bear detective. My partners are Sister Bear, Cousin Fred, and Lizzie Bruin. Uh, we are in their clubhouse again in the old tree, and we see on the back wall a wanted poster for the Bog Brothers, which I assume they put up as a trophy of their past triumph. So uh, Dr. Wise Old Owl's around. He's sleeping, and uh, everyone goes off to Farmer Ben's fruit and vegetable stand uh, to get their... Uh, to get their fruit and vegetables for the weekend or whatever. It's 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 a wonderful day, and Farmer Ben is known for his watermelons. The biggest, the pinkest, and the sweetest watermelon. And they, they sell to everyone. Uh, Grizzly Gramps, Chief Bruno buys some. Even Mayor Honeypot comes in his limousine. And, 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 my friends, who else likes them watermelons? Who else do we see? Who haven't we had on the show? Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause. A drum roll, if you will, for returning loved character, the much beloved, the incredible, the stylish, the dapper, 
Raffish Ralph Ripoff. Here he comes. Even Ralph Ripoff came. He loved Ben's watermelons, too. Ralph was a known crook, it says. He is wearing his green plaid suit, his boater hat, carrying his cane, and he has a grin on his face from ear to ear. And he says, Brother Bear says to the other cubs, look, he can't steal watermelons. So keep an eye on him if he gets too closest to the smaller fruits, basically. Now, this is not the attitude the Cubs had towards Ralph in the chapter books. In the chapter books, they always gave Ralph the benefit of the doubt. Ralph was very chummy and friendly with the Cubs. There was uh, an understanding between them that Ralph was going to commit crimes, but that he loved the Cubs in general. The Cubs liked Ralph despite the fact that he's a terrible person, despite the fact that he had committed many crimes in bear country, attempted to swindle the hospital out of money, uh, got the Cubs involved in life or death situations. They still liked Ralph. This is a different Ralph. This is a step into reading Ralph. This is full color Ralph. This is Ralph the bad guy. Uh, but he's still our Ralph. We're still going to give him a chance. We're still not going to call the police on him right away. So the Cubs decide to help carry groceries to customers' cars. Farmer Ben is doing great. He sells so much. He closes up shop. They all sit around to eat watermelon. And the next thing you know, Mrs. Ben comes screaming up to Farmer Ben that they had been robbed. That's right. Their money was missing. All the money they'd earned. Gone like the wind. Gone with the wind. The mystery of the missing watermelon money. Well, who else should solve this crime than our friends, the Bear Detectives? So they set out looking for clues. But, as they say, everything looks normal. They're in Farmer Ben's land. So there's cows, there's roosters, there's pigs, there's a windmill, there's crows, and there's an old scarecrow. So they start following bits of straw that weren't there before. Now, I don't know how Sister recognized the straw that wasn't there before. This is, after all, a farm. But Sister's like, look, there's some straw that wasn't there before. Let's follow it. So they start following the trail of straw. I don't know how they know that this is straw that's going to lead them to a villain of any sort. They follow it. To the cows. And they're like, well, cows don't steal money. So they follow it again. To the chickens. And the chickens don't steal money. So they follow it to the pigs. And pigs don't steal money. However, the pigs are eating watermelon. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's just, a, it's just a detail that was thrown in there. So, brother's like, huh. If I didn't know any better, I'd say the scarecrow did it. Then, wise doctor. Sorry, he didn't, he didn't go to four years of medical school. to just be called wise old owl. Dr. Wise Old Owl shows up. And he's all, look. Note yawns. Okay, Dr. Wise Old Owl is a bit of a character. He says, note yawn scarecrow. He could have just said, look at the scarecrow. But in any case, note yawn scarecrow. He used to be thin. You will solve the mystery by looking within. Again, Dr. Wise Old Owl not giving the cubs so much clues as the answer to the mystery. Dr. Wise Old Owl is like, look, the scarecrow is a lot bigger than he used to be. Look inside the scarecrow and you'll solve the mystery. And... Someone's someone is obviously dressed up like this. So before we reveal who the criminal is, before we reveal what's going on in the story, you're a criminal. I'm not saying you listeners are a criminal. Suppose you're a criminal. You go to steal money. 
you steal it right out of the cash box. Just you grab handfuls of bills. You've got to get away. You can leave with the crowd or disguise yourself as a scarecrow in a if the trail is leading the trail of hay is leading to the scarecrow to me that says that you dressed up as the scarecrow to steal the money and then walked to where the scarecrow's stand is climbed up and hung yourself up on the scarecrow stand which meant that you thought the least conspicuous way to steal money would begin with dress like a scarecrow. Anyway, they follow, they go to the scarecrow. Do they rip it open? No. Farmer Ben does what he does best. He grabs the pitch. Oh, yeah. And also, uh, there's a pile of watermelon seeds and rinds around this. So whoever was dressed as a scarecrow was also just eating watermelon the whole time. So Farmer Ben gets mad, grabs his pitchfork because... There's not a single problem that cannot be solved by Farmer Ben resorting to extreme violence. He stabs the pitchfork into the scarecrow. Yow cries the scarecrow. It gets up and runs. They rip off the scarecrow's mask. And who is it? None other than Ralph Ripoff. Bear Country's leading crook and Swindler was within and money was sticking out of his pockets. Now, let's get some sort of explanation for this. What was Ralph's plan? They caught him. And why did Ralph dress up like a scarecrow, go through all this trouble, with, instead of just like grabbing the money and leaving? Why, why that? And why, once he was dressed as a scarecrow, would he have continued to eat these juicy watermelons? Why would he have eaten the juicy watermelons while hanging out in his hiding place? Why did he think dressing up as a scarecrow was a better way to steal something out in the open than just taking it and getting in his car and going home. What was Ralph's explanation for all this? He's a pretty verbose guy. He likes to talk. So they march him back to the vegetable stand. Mrs. Ben calls the police. Officer Marguerite, Chief Bruno, show up. We caught him red-handed, said Farmer Ben. Considering the color of money, said Ralph with a guilty grin, I would say green-handed. And that's it. That's it. That is all the explanation we receive or will ever receive for Ralph's ridiculous thievery, his stupid plot, his impossible actions. That's all we're ever going to hear. We don't know why Ralph did it. This makes less sense than the time he helped the weasels grow a giant pumpkin and fill it with cannons. This is, makes less sense than the time he hypnotized Big Paw into wanting to murder the children. This makes less sense than most Ralph plans, and it's also incredibly stupid and simple. They lead Ralph away. He's going to go to jail, but he'll get out in a few days because he always does because there's never any evidence. Farmer Ben thanked us for our help. Remember, this is all narrated by brother. Farmer Ben thanked us for our help, and then he gave us the biggest, pinkest, sweetest watermelon of all. How he knew it was going to be the best one, we don't know. It was our reward for solving the mystery of the missing watermelon money. I got an idea. Hey, Farmer Ben, you just had like the best day of your life selling all these fruits and vegetables. How about the reward for finding the missing watermelon money? Maybe be some of that missing watermelon money. These kids obviously have a phone bill. They have a, a clubhouse to, to keep up. They have a wise old owl to feed. How about throwing a little of that cashola their way? 
little bit of that bread, a little bit of that lettuce, a little bit of that moolah, a few of those clams. Throw those at the Cubs. Don't throw a watermelon at them. That's tasty, sure, but A, the Cubs have been eating watermelon literally all day. B, it's just a reminder of the horrible crime that was committed. C, they have a phone bill to pay. Dr. Weisel Dow to take care of. Cubs don't argue. They take the watermelon back to their office to eat it. It was the best. It was the best. And that's it. Like That's literally how the book ends. Taran Tara, hooray, hooray. They solve the mystery. They save the day. That was my own poem I just made up. These books aren't poems. The only poetic parts are when the, ba- the bird speaks. The bird gives them the answer. Uh, on the back it says, Never fear, the bear detectives are on hot on the trail of watermelon seeds. And where will it lead? Uh, they find out who it is they catch red-handed, or is it green-handed? Which kind of gives away the joke at the end. It's Ralph's big joke. Green-handed? Uh, that was the Berenstain Bears. And the missing watermelon money, a bear detective's mystery from 2001. Again, I be- it just says as credits on the front, by the way. It just says the Berenstains. That's what's interesting about these books. Uh, it's early 2000s, but they are crediting these books as just the Berenstains. Again, because of the faces, because of the stature, because of the poses. I believe this is a mic book. I believe it's a mic book. Looks like a mic book. Um ridiculous story outlandish characters it's an amazing book i highly recommend both of these books i love them both i really like the mysteries i really like the involvement of the characters and we get a bunch of great characters back not only farmer ben we get officer marguerite we get police chief bruno mayor honeypot we get raffish ralph ripoff back the gang's all here the only ones we don't see are like pretty factual people like that but oh my goodness and I just love the fact that it's the bear detectives. I'm not a fan of the bear scouts. I believe the scouting framework made it too busy. I like that these are the bear detectives. I like their little hats. I like, I don't like their owl friend, but I like that they have a friend. I don't like that. He just gives them the answers to the detective mysteries, but it's probably good for the little kids who are meant to be reading this. So this was, this was a step two book. The other one was step three. I don't know why. I didn't notice much of a difference between the two books. The saddest part of this, however, the saddest part of this is that not only are these books highly recommended, they are also highly out of print. That's right. You can't find these books for new or even on the digital. You have to find these books used. And if you can, please go out and get them. Not only are they fun stories, not only are they a delight for kids, a delight to read. Uh, Kids can read them to themselves and still get a good little tale. Uh, not only that, they are wonderfully illustrated. I love the drawings. I love the colors. I love seeing these huge spreads. This is, I assume, Mike at his, like, just really just hitting home run every time he does these books. Uh, we get these great aerial shots of bear country. We get cross sections. Uh, we get to see the way things work, and I really like it when Mike shows us how things work. I like these books. Step into reading books. So this uh, this week, it was two mysteries, mysterious mysteries, as we get ready for uh, the wonderful Halloween season. Not scary mysteries, but mysterious mysteries. We're not ready for the spooky dukes just yet, but we are ready to envelop ourselves in a cloud of mystery, in a cloud of suspense. Who stole the money? Where are the brothers? We found out tonight. But maybe there will be mysteries in the future, mysteries we will never solve. Mysteries like, why did Ralph dress like a scarecrow? Uh, I don't know. But if you're looking for mysterious mysteries, 
that are scarier than these books, but that go along with these books thematically. Ah, you didn't know this was coming. And that are not appropriate for children. I'm going to recommend two movies to complement these books. First, to complement the Berenstain Bears and the Escape of the Bog Brothers. I am going to re request you watch. Well, that's terrible the way that came out. The Town That Dreaded Sundown, uh, 1970s uh, spooky movie, uh, loosely based on a true story of a killer stalking a small town in Texas that uh, was never solved. And I parallel it with the Bog Brothers because it's about a villain. It's about a villain. A bad guy that everyone's afraid of in the town. What's going to happen? Ooh, it's not a great movie. But it's a different movie, and you probably maybe haven't seen it. And if you haven't seen it, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. It was also given a sequel a few years ago called The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which is a remake but also a, a sequel in which The Town That Dreaded Sundown is like an actual movie within that universe. It's weird, and it works in a way. It's unusual. I haven't seen it in a while. Town That Dreaded Sundown. And uh, to complement uh, The Berenstain Bears and The Missing Watermelon Money, I'm going to recommend the movie, ooh, here it comes, A Simple Plan. A Simple Plan, not the band Simple Plan. The movie A Simple Plan, Sam Raimi from, ooh, it's been a while now, uh, which is about money and missing money and hidden money and all the strife it causes in the lives of the people who find it. Uh, it's not really missing money, it's dis discovered money, but it's about money and uh, how that it tears a group of people apart, a group of friends apart, a group of families apart. Uh, they discover... Uh, a stash of money out in the woods or wherever, and then they 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 their lives fall apart because of it. Uh, somewhat similar to the uh, to Shallow Grave, if you've ever seen Shallow Grave, kind of a similar-ish premise: the discovery of money and how it like destroys people's lives. Uh, not a scary movie per se, either one of those, but definitely a suspenseful movie, perfect to ease you into the Halloween uh, season, ooh, spooky time. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening to me. Uh, thank you so much for putting up with me. If you are a patron, Patreon subscriber, thank you so much. If you are not, go to patreon.com forward slash deep in bear country, become a Patreon subscriber for as little as $1 a month. You can get a bonus episode almost every single week. That's a lot of... I did two last week, so, you know, it counts towards this one if I don't come out with a new one. Uh, so if you don't see a new one this week, remember, you got two last week. And I'm going to take this time to announce a new Patreon level. That's right. Because I don't have many patrons. I, I just don't... I don't expect it to. If I... If I get above $50 a month, from my patrons. If I get above that, it has to be above $50 a month. I am going to introduce a new Patreon bonus series to Deep in Bear Country. That is right. If I get above $50 a month, which doesn't seem like a lot to some people, but it's a lot to me, I will do a new Patreon-only series where I will be covering Stanley and Janice Berenstain's adult humor books that's right the books whose names are so ribald that i can't even say them on my show i'll be covering those 
on Patreon. So if you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash deep and bear country, become a patron, throw a few bucks a month my way, and I will produce. If it fall, if it like dips then below that, then I'll have to stop it. That's the way it works. Uh, mostly because I have to buy a lot of this stuff and it just costs money. I would love to do it. So, uh, and I'll try to have guests on and we'll talk and we'll have fun. Patreon bonus exclusive new. It would be a new monthly series. So Let's see if we can get there. Let's see if we can get there. If you can't afford to do Patreon, I totally understand. That does not like that. I can't afford to support everything one I love either. It's just that's that's a life. That's the way it works. But thank you so much for listening. Tell friends about this. October 11th and 12th, I will be doing my live show, Deep in Bear Country, again in St. Paul, Minnesota, at Dreamland Arts. Uh, tickets are on sale. Go to DreamlandArts.com. Go to events. Uh, you can buy tickets there, 11th and 12th, 7.30 shows, about an hour long. So come and see me, uh, support the show if you can. I would love to see some smiling, happy faces there. It's a great venue. It's run by some great people, Dreamland Arts. Uh, I would love to have a good audience for my shows. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being the wonderful people you are. And I will see you all next time deep in...